on, let's give the Lord praise. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus praise. Let's bow our hands in prayer. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being among us. And we ask you, Lord, that you would guide us into all truth. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would show us things to come and that you would glorify Christ this morning by filling our hearts with what's on your heart. Father, we have nothing to say except what you are saying and what you are doing. And we ask you this morning, Lord, that you would speak to us. Lord, that you would speak to us. And Father, we thank you, Father, for your manifested presence in this season. We thank you, Lord, for the yokes that are being broken right now and the yokes that shall be broken this morning. We thank you, Father, for what's coming from heaven in this season. We thank you, Lord, for a season of open doors. We welcome you, Lord, into this new year in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Give the person on your left and right, give them a big hug. Amen. Before you're seated. Amen. I think it's most fitting that every time we enter into the house of the Lord, as we praise the Lord, we should thank the Lord for the servants that he's placed over this house. Let's give the Lord praise for Bishop Johnson, Lady Carolyn. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. It is fitting. If you look in the book of Revelations, it's interesting. The Bible calls the messengers to the churches. He calls them angels. The ones that he has placed over the house of the Lord. The Lord says they are stars in his hand. Bless you, Lord, for Bishop Johnson, Lady Carolyn. This morning, my wife is not with me because she is in Birmingham. And I'm reminded that what she's doing is part of the cycle of life. That our parents took care of us. And as they prepare to leave, the Lord summons us to take care of our parents. It's part of life. And so this morning, Jane is there with her mom, and I'm here. Praise the Lord. We have a king-size bed. And, <laughs> and so 
Normally when, normally when Jane is not here, I, I, rather than sleep this way, I sleep across the bed. <laughs> I don't know the psychology behind that, but And normally, if I'm, if I'm not home and I'm ministering somewhere, I ask her, do she have any problem? Jane, do you have any problem sleeping when I'm not here? She said, no. <laughs> I don't understand that, but, but anyway, um, um, she's there and uh, we've been talking to each other uh, back and forth. I think one of the big things I miss is having somebody at home telling me what to do. Pray. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, you you need to take the garbage out. You you know, anyway. But turn the lights off. Oh, oh man, but anyway. And so um it's interesting when the Bible says that you become one flesh. It's just about you. You can just about think about what's on the other person's mind. And you know what she's thinking. And, and, and it's a real interesting thing because the Bible says this to husbands. He says that no man hurts his own flesh hurts his own body. He's talking about the husband and the wife, you being one flesh with her. So it's interesting, but anyway, I've been in this place, but she's out of town. But I have a couple of questions to ask you this morning before we start. How many of you found a job through some connection from an MCC member? How many of you, just raise your hands. How many of you found a job and it was through uh, an MCC member. Just, just raise your hands high so the people can see. Amen. How many of you have actually experienced being healed at Metro City Church? Raise your hands. I want everyone to look around and see the number of people that have been healed by being a part of this family. How many of you have been prayed for by a Metro member? Look around. Just about every hand is up. How many of you found your spouse directly or indirectly in this house or while in this house? Let me see by the show of hands. I want you to look around. Has to do with being a part of the family. Say family. How many of you came to Christ or rededicated your life to Christ? at this church. Let me see by the show of hands. Amen. Amen. And then lastly, how many of you, how many of you this morning are visitors at Metro City Church? Let me see by the show of hands. Amen. And I, I, I like for us at this moment, those who are visitors, you don't have to stand, 
But those who had hands up, I'd like for those around you just to greet you right now. Amen. Let, let's see those hands again. I wanted you this morning to witness what happens when you're part of a local church family. I remember someone said that when in a local church, when you, you attend a local church because a local church teaches you how to build your life around God. You learn how to build your life around God. It's one thing to read the Bible, but it's another thing to apply the truths and principles of the Word of God. We are approaching a momentous, advancing, and yet complex season. From the beginning of the year, the Lord has been speaking to the body of Christ about this portion of the year. A lot of what we do in the body of Christ is based on the Jewish calendar. And I used to wonder, Lord, why do you do special things at Metro in the month of May? The month of May is normally the season of Pentecost. And I actually read the question, why is the month of September such a transitional month for Metro? Why is it a, a month of harvest at Metro City Church? And one of the reasons that the month of September is special is because the Jewish New Year begins in the month of September. In fact, in the month of September, there's the celebration of the Day of Atonement, which speaks of Christ's death and resurrection and the application of his blood. But before the Day of Atonement, which is September the 24th, 25th, Ten days before that time is a time they call the days of awe, which has to do with personal cleansing, personal repentance. When we look at this whole concept of the new year, the new year is 5784. Five speaks of grace. An awakening. Seven speaks of completion, perfection, divine submission to the will of God. Eight speaks of new beginning. Eighty speaks of the decade of the mouth. And the reason why this is so important as it pertains to families is because for the last several years, the Lord has been speaking to the body of Christ about using our mouths to form our worlds. That, that this decade is all about the people of God declaring and decreeing and speaking the word of God. 
For about five years, Bishop Johnson has had us to take the blood prayers and to speak them and declare them. And some of you have said, man, this is so boring. But I'm telling you that, that the most precious substance in heaven and on earth is the blood of Jesus. It's been the decade of the mouth. The Bible says in Mark 11, you can have what you say. He tells us to speak to the mountain. He tells us that we should not speak any idle words. And I was looking at this scripture, it says, husbands, wash your wives with the water of your word. And a famous theologian said, Christ's love makes the whole church whole. His words evokes her beauty. He's talking about how a man should wash his wife with the water of his word. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her dressing in dazzling white silk radiant with holiness. It's in this season we're in that the Lord would have us to begin to have a new value, a new esteem for the blood of Jesus Christ. It's in this season the Lord will have us to renew our commitment to proclaim and declare the power of the blood of Jesus wherever we are. I wrote this down last night as I was sitting before the Lord. He said, walk through the house of the Lord applying the blood of Jesus. Stand in the sanctuary and even the back rooms and declare and proclaim my blood. Walk about the grounds of this church and apply the blood. Because you have unpacked your bags in this region, this land, your land, this land is your land by covenant. So drive through and apply the blood of Jesus over this region, for this is your land. Because you are married to the land, I will show you how to make a withdrawal from the land. But four is really interesting. Four actually speaks of open doors. This is a season of open doors. Many times we don't recognize doors because, because some of the doors that God wants to open for us are meaningless. They look meaningless. They don't look like anything. But if you have the ability to discern in the spirit, it's an open door that God will have you walk through. Some doors that God will have you walk through are guarded by the enemy. Some doors, yes, some doors, demons are standing around the door, but the Lord wants you to walk through the door. Some doors look so meaningless, but if you walk through that door, that door is a entry point into many, many multitudes of doors. 
Many times when the Lord opens a door for you, the enemy will open several other doors to distract you from the door that God has opened. I want to talk to you this morning about there are four basic doors that God is opening in this season. And I will speak to you about one door. And that door is the family door. Family is on the heart of the Lord. Bishop Johnson, Lady Carolyn made a move in the threshold season of the Lord. It happened suddenly. And it was a move that, that, that had a momentum behind it that it had to happen. Heaven was behind the move. And I believe that move as it represents, as it represents as we move into September, I believe that move represents something strategic for this house. A mighty season of open doors for families because Bishop Johnson laid, Lady Carolyn made a move and so watch this in the next 10, 12 12 months some of you are going to make some moves in terms of where you live and where you work because of what happened through them amen, amen, amen real estate, real estate miracles, real estate miracles, real estate miracles. Some of you have given up looking for a house, but the Lord is saying to you, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up because a season is coming where the Lord is going to open a major door because they walked through the door that God opened for them. The door they walked through was a door for the house to walk through. Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. The Lord said, intensify, Bishop Johnson, your prayers and intercessions for your nephews and nieces because this next 12 months is a time where the Lord is fixating his attention on them. It's interesting that the couple's detox is in the month of September. Come on, Saint. September is a threshold month. See, when you walk through a threshold, you are changed. Oh, my God. We are fasting and praying in the month of season. We are fasting and praying during the days of awe. Come on, saints. And during the days of all, the Lord will have us to examine ourselves, he, to examine our hearts, to examine our hearts regarding attitudes, to examine our hearts regarding sin. The Lord would have us in this season of awe before the celebration of the blood of Jesus Christ. He will have us to examine our families by the blood of Jesus and begin to deal with 
generational iniquities, generational curses in our families during this time of repentance because the Lord is bringing breakthrough. This couple's detox is going to be a special detox. Some of you don't understand this, but the enemy has done everything he can to profane marriage. He, he has worked with tenacity to stain the institution of marriage and to make it look like it's frivolous. But marriage came from God. God was the originator of marriage. And God made man and female. He said he made man male and female. He took female out, the female part, out of Adam and put it in a vessel called woman. And made us so attractive without God telling Adam. Adam looked at her and started prophesying. Come on. looked at how beautiful she was and ever since then man has been trying to get back into the woman and the woman has been getting trying to get back into man come on take that any way you want to take it someone said well they were called to singleness the proof that you have been called to singleness is that you do not crave sex. And not only that, you have no craving to get married. There's no attraction. Paul said he had that gift. How many of you have that gift? Come on. How many of y'all have that gift? I'm just looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. <laughs> this particular detox is so important. I've not seen a marriage conference advertised in a Christian magazine in years. And I'm not saying none have taken place. But what's taking place in September is historic because the Lord wants to make a statement about couples, about the institution of marriage. And I believe that in this particular detox, it will be the beginning of a movement that God wants to release from this church. That a movement is being born a movement that would touch families. A movement that would touch couples. It's interesting that God spoke to Abraham and said, through you I will bless all the families of the earth. I'm going to give you the interpretation of that. God will give you a gift and that gift will bless all the families of the earth. 
See, it, when the internet came, it was a gift that blessed every home. When electricity came, it was a gift that blessed every home. And what's coming through you regarding family and marriage will bless every home, every family, every family. We have sat under it so long, it's common to us. It's familiar to us. It's only when you step outside of the doors of this house, you begin to see how precious it is because it's more than information. It's an impartation. It's life. It's part of the apostolic draw that rests upon this couple. And what the Lord wants to do is that he wants to raise up many sons and daughters who will take what God has given them and reach and wrap their arms around the world. And I believe the Lord is going to package what God has given Bishop Johnson, Lady Carolyn, and it will be taught around the world. It will be taught in different nations. It will be taught in different states. It will become curriculum for other pastors who are working with their couples. And if Bishop Johnson can't go, and Lady Carolyn can't go, guess who's going? Come on. I want you to point at yourself. Come on. <laughs> I'm just about through. I'm going to say something that some of you don't want to hear, but it is true. There are other religions coming into Atlanta and the, their strategy is to have babies to have babies their strategy is to have babies while the devil has been speaking to the people of God to not have babies and the reason he's been speaking to not have babies is because he does not want the people of God to multiply. Pharaoh got scared and upset when the Israelites began to multiply. So he put them in slavery. And so now the enemy has been scared regarding the people of God in this age, in this season. And he's given us a message, don't have babies. But hear this, what I'm saying now is not just for this house. It's the word of the Lord. God is saying, have babies. Have babies. Have babies. Have babies. Have babies. Have babies. And some of you are saying, some of you are saying, not me, but you don't understand. Your finances is wrapped up in this. Your finances is wrapped up in this. God wants a new attitude about family, about children, about having babies, about carrying a baby. How beautiful a woman is when she carries a child. 
how radiant she becomes when she carries a baby. Her, the, her skin changes. Everything about her changes because she's carrying life. Satan did not show up in the garden until a man with a womb showed up. Satan did not show up when Adam was created. But when a man with a womb showed up, Satan came out because the threat of multiplication came. And, and, and see, the issue is this. We have bought into this. We bought into a lie. Children are, children get in the way. Children, you know, I, I was listening to somebody, somebody was saying, well, you need to just wait two, three years after you have it. Now, you can do that if you want to, That's, but you know, so that you can, you know, you can get close to each other and, and et cetera. You know, that's, if that's what you want. But you know something? When you've been married long enough, you begin to find out it's not about you. And that the joy of marriage is not you, it's the other person. What makes it joyful is making the other person happy. When you're the focus of being happy, it brings sadness and trouble in the marriage. But when your delight is serving the other, when your delight is loving the other, when your delight is lifting the other up, when your delight is, is loving that person and parting to her, even when she makes you angry. Some of you treat marriage like it's a contract and not a covenant. If it's a, if it's a contract, then when you get tired of the person, then you can get a divorce. If it's a contract, when you lose attraction, you can get a divorce. When, when, if it's a contract, when you get tired and when, when, when the person doesn't look good like they used to look or the person is sick, you can trade that person in and get another person in because the contract is over. But from God's standpoint, marriage is a covenant. So have babies. So have babies. And watch this. In the next 12 to 18 months, you're going to see more. I'm not saying here so that y'all don't get scared. Praise God. You, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna find and you're going to see more people with twins. And when you see them, it represents double blessing. It represents a double portion. I never forget, oh my God, when, when Jane got pregnant with Dean and she told me she, you know, because I'm a planner and we plan Walter, we plan Dean. And when Walter showed, I mean, Dean showed up. We planned Walter, we planned Gabrielle. But when Dean showed up, I was wondering, where did he come from? <laughs> and um, I, I know it took me a couple of months to, to kind of wrap that around my head because it was not in the plans. 
God let one slip through. Praise God. And I want to tell you, that baby, when he came out, he brought so much joy because all he did was laugh. All the time, laugh and play pranks on us. We would have missed out on him had we bought in, but we did miss out because um, after we had Dean and my wife, because of all the changes that were taking place, she wanted her twos tied. I did not seek God. I did not pray. I thought about it since it's her body, which is another error I made. Um, um, it was another error I made. And, and so while she was sitting in uh, the room, um, having her twos tied, I fell into a dream. And I saw a little girl with glasses on with ponytails. And I understood I made a mistake. Have babies. Have babies. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's, sometimes it gets hard. Yes, it gets difficult. Yes, you're looking at somebody talking back to you, and you just want to little strangle them a little bit. Amen. Praise God. And, and, <laughs> what do you, and, then, and then the more you look at them, then you see yourself, and then you just pull back. I'll be through in a second. The word of the Lord, have babies. Those of you who are out there in TV land, the reason why this is so important and I'm speaking it and putting it in the airways is because a new mindset must be developed in us about family, about children that we want children, that we want our quivers to be filled with children. This is what Christ said. Thank you, Lord, for twins. Thank you, Lord, for the sign and wonder of twins. Thank you, Lord, for releasing that in the earth in Metro Atlanta. Thank you, Lord, for releasing it, that your name may be glorified. Thank you, Lord, for a new attitude regarding babies. Lord, thank you, Lord, for a new attitude regarding, Lord, the beauty of pregnant women. Thank you, Lord, for raising up husbands who are courageous, who run to the responsibility of raising children and being fathers. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. Thank you, Lord, for raising them out of this house. Thank you, Lord, for, okay, praise God. The other thing the Lord spoke to me 
we've been praying about prodigals. And I just wrote this down. He said, the censors of heaven have been filling up with prayers. He says, I prepare you to welcome your prodigies, your prodigals, my future laborers into your homes. I'm working on you now so that you can receive them by causing you to cleanse your hearts of resentment, bitterness, and failure. Open your homes to me. Make your home my habitation as I bring the precious fruit of harvest back into your house. Apply the blood of Jesus on your house. Anoint every room of your house with oil. Celebrate the power of my blood at the table of the Lord. Prophesy and make decrees on your children at every birthday. Rehearse the words that were spoken over your children at their dedication. Place my name in your house. For in doing so, you create the environment for me to dwell there and to receive the precious seed I give you. A part of this harvest is the Lord wants to minister to Leah. He wants to minister to Leah. One of the greatest tragedies in the body of Christ happened to Leah. Her dad did not think she looked good enough to get married on her own. She made the man, she made, he, he made, the father made the man that was supposed to marry Rachel, made him drunk and disguised Leah to look like Rachel. And he went in to Leah and laid with her. And marriage was consummated. But when he looked at Leah, the husband, and he realized he married the wrong woman, her heart was scarred for life. She saw the disdain in his face. She saw the, the, the hatred. She saw what he saw, the sense of betrayal on his face. And that her dad, her dad did not think enough of her to esteem her. And so she carried a father wound in her heart. The wound was so deep. And the way she felt about herself was so low. The way she felt about herself was so dismal that God himself 
open the womb of Leah so that she would give Jacob sons. And she thought that if I could give him sons, he will love me. And it didn't happen that way because he kept longing for Rachel. There are some Leahs in the body of Christ. The Lord put this in my heart. There's some Leahs that God wants to heal who have deep father wounds. And it affects how you see men and it affects how you see male authority and it affects, it affects how you see yourself. And you learn from your mother how to bury your pain. You learn how to bury your pain so deeply. The story of Leah ended, I think, in a good way. Because when Leah died, they say she was buried next to Jacob. And Rachel was buried in some plot of land. But honor was given to Leah. And God wants to give honor and healing and wholeness to Leah's in the house of God. I know some of you have gone through an encounter, a detox. But the Lord looks at the heart and he sees the deep wounds in some of you who are here. The wound of being rejected by your dad. The wound of not being wanted, not being celebrated. You got to wonder what was going through Leah because she did not look good as Rachel. The Bible says she had weak eyes. I used to joke about this and say she had cross eyes. But some translations say that. But I don't joke about that anymore because Leah looked at herself and looked at her sister. And saw that she never measured up. And how many Leahs are in the house of God who have compared themselves with their sisters. And have experienced their mother and their dad favoring the other and not them. Or the dad looking at her and seeing the mother that he hates. Pushes you away and gravitates towards the other. God wants to to heal Leah's. And I believe in this season we're in, we're going to see a multitude of Leah's healed. We're going to see it. I close with this last one. These Leah's, the door that's opening for Leah's, the transformation of Leah's. Leah's are going 
to become the greatest multipliers in the house of God. When your heart is healed, you will multiply. Multiply precious seed. Evangelism shall flourish from you. And the favor of God shall rise upon you. And the Lord will change your past by causing his future to invade your imagination and change the topography of where you thought you should be. God will elevate you because your view of yourself has changed. God is going to do that for Leah's in the house of God. We're talking about open doors for families. The last open door, and I, I, I have to I have to treat this with, with some tenderness. Tenderness. Because some of you have heard this and some of you have prayed asking God for a spouse, for a husband. And I know it's been on the heart of, heart of Bishop Johnson and Lady Carolyn. And this is all over the body, but the Lord said to me, he said to me, I hear your prayers. And all of your prayers have been stored in censers in heaven. And when the censers are filled, the Bible says those censers are thrown down to earth. But there are a couple of adjustments that God would have you to make. One, you, some of you think that you have to be self-reliant and independent. And you think that way because the failure of your first dependent relationship scarred you. And so you've become a so-called independent woman who does not need anyone. And the Lord wants to heal your heart in that area. Because that attitude dulls your ability to see who he may be connecting you to. Then there's the lie. There are not any good men. How can you make that conclusion? There are 8 billion people on earth. There are 8 billion people and at least 3.5 billion of them are men. We make that conclusion because of past situations that took place. And the Lord says, <laughs> we don't have a good man problem. We have a judgment problem. Amen. 
he leaves the responsibility to judge to you. But he said, there's some good men. There's some good men in your neighborhood. There's some good men on your job. There's some good men in this house. Don't forget this is the decade of the mouth. You have what you say. in a second. The other lie is God does not want me to be married. God wants you to be married more than you want to be married. Or the other one, I messed up my chance to get married. I, I, I let that one go by and you sit and regret. How did I let that happen? But the Lord says, for I know the plans I have for you. He didn't say, I know the plan I have for you. He said, I know the plans I have for you. So if you messed up, then there's another plan. If you messed up, there's another plan. For I know the plans I have for you. And I'm telling you, there's some men who want to get married. There's some men who want to get married. The last, I think, yeah, I think y'all have it. If it's from God, it will be easy. If, it, if it's from God, there will be no challenge. The man of your dreams. But get this. At this stage of the game, if you are 40 and above, the man of your dream may have children. There may be baby mamas in the situation. It's possible he may live in another state. He may be a different color. Don't say what you, see, 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 some of you have been practicing the God Junior Act. You've been praying for God Junior. Lord, this is what I want. This, 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 this. He's not, another incarnate is not being made. God Junior is not coming. Unless... Only way you qualify for God Jr., you would have to be God Jr. I was praying, I was praying, I was praying, but the Lord said, some of you, you look at guys and turn up your nose because they have children. You turn up their nose because their lives are complicated. You turn up their nose because they have failed before. You turn up their nose because they made mistakes before. You turn up your nose and, and act 
so religious as though there is no stain in your life or that you've never made any mistakes. Some of you praying and praying and praying and you have no intentions to leave your house, to leave your couch, or to leave your zip code. You want God to deliver him to your door. I'm not saying he can't do that. I wrote this down. You need to make sure that your non-negotiables are God's non-negotiables. Some of y'all need to take a whole nother look. Some guys need a little help. You see the guy, he walking his dog, and he's looking at you, but he's scared to come up to you. So just walk up and say, hey, that's a great dog. Start a conversation. If it's the, if it's the Lord, he, he's going to cause him to walk over. He's going to cause him to walk over. He's going to be drawn. See, you know, is, is this, a, is, from God's standpoint, is height a non-negotiable? You praying, you praying, you praying, he might have a little, he may have a little weight in the stomach area. Ah, you know, but you got a belly and you want one without. I know the things that women wear to keep it all in. Come on here. It's the truth. The guy may be two two inches shorter than you, and you uh, uh, he got he got he got to be tall. He got he got he got to be tall. That's a non-negotiable. The guy looking at you, you want to even look at him. I ain't considering him because he, you know, oh man, he he got a little weight. He don't he don't have no rippling muscles and and you know veins popping out, man, and walking, you know. Are you keeping, are you letting non-negotiables keep you from what God has for you?
You know some? Some guys don't straighten up and talk about get their act together until they got the right woman in their life. It's something about having that woman in your life that makes a man come home every day. Come home every day. Food on the plate, come home every day. In your house. He start combing his hair. He, he, start, he start wearing better clothes because you buy, you buy him better clothes. Come on, saints. I'm just saying. You never know what God has put up under your nose. You never know how he answers your prayer. Do you know that God knows what will make you happy more than what you know makes you happy? I won't tell you the, the, the list I had. I had a list. And none of the things I had on my list, Jane had. Now, you know, you can buy wigs and stuff, man, and you can, you know. <laughs> All right. All in the confines of marriage. Put a little blind wig, a blonde wig on. Come on, saints, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stop. <laughs> let me just, let me. Let me stop. <laughs> whipped cream. I, I wish I had a love for whipped cream. I need to try that. But, but anyway. But all I'm saying is some of the things you some of the things you have made important are not important. Some of the things you have made important are not important. What happens if you have a man who loves God, who loves you, and treat you and esteem you and value you above all things, who work two jobs to provide for you because you're worth it? Some of y'all may need to change your prayer list. The only qualification I will put here, you just need to make sure your boundaries are right. Because some of you have made the statement, you say, Lord, all men are unfaithful. But you know something? You got to get your heart healed to make the statement all men are unfaithful. You create a false expectation in your own heart that your heart takes a picture of and that your heart pursues because you have framed that lie in your heart that, that, that all men are unfaithful. So all that follows you are men who are unfaithful. You got to change that. You got to change that and get from around people who talk that way.
Get around, I mean, I, I want to say this, man. Get around people. Man, get around people. Sometimes you got to get around people who are going somewhere. Sometimes you got to get around people. If you're not good with people, then go out with some people who are good with people so you can meet other people. And so you can meet other people in groups. But anyway. But saints, Bishop, I, I believe I've given the word of the Lord. <laughs> I believe I've given the word of the Lord. I'll take, I'll take that. 